Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. On the day of Pentecost, they were all in one accord, waiting for the promise of the Spirit of the Lord. One hundred and twenty gathered in one place, heaven prayed for the Spirit of grace. When suddenly there came a sound of rushing mighty wind, the Holy Ghost began to be poured out upon all men. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days I pour out my spirit, saying, Good evening, everyone. This is the Tell Like It Is radio broadcast here tonight with Pastor Bob Simons. We're from the New Life 
Pentecostal Church right here in Dickinson, North Dakota. If you want to get involved with the program tonight, you sure can. Give us a call in studio. Our number is 701-225-5133. Again, if you want to give us a, a call with any questions or comments you may have, or if you just want to let us know where you're listening from, we like that too. Uh, give us a call in studio, 701-225-5133. Or you can text us tonight, those same questions or comments, 701-290-7862. If you're out of country, you can email us at robertsimons58 at gmail.com. Hello, everyone. Pastor Bob here. Good to have you with us tonight. We've got the in-studio experts here tonight. We've got, let's see, let's do it in alphabetical order. We've got Chris, Connor, uh, Jasic, Johnny, Joe, and Seth. Is that right? Did I do that right? Okay. And what's that? Oh, Okay. We got Seth here. He doesn't give out his real name. Seth is just a pseudonym because of all his fans, I guess. Good to have you guys listening tonight. We've got—I um, did bring my guitar in the studio, and—and and I mean, all kidding aside, I actually had a guy that listens to me all the time. He says that he said the reason, only thing he doesn't like is I don't sing enough. Well, if you know anything about our church, that's like putting gasoline on a fire <laughs> there because uh because i i I, um, I ask myself to sing in church all the time and make a joke out of it but uh but anyway i'm gonna sing a song we sing this song up at the county jail just about every sunday we come up there hey if you're listening tonight text me too. that 701-290-7862 maybe got some new listeners listening tonight on the internet let me know where you're listening from uh give me your social security number bank account number no i'm just teasing Okay, here we go. Let's sing this song. We sing this song at the jail every Sunday afternoon just about. So if my jail guys are listening, um, hello to you guys too. They'll recognize it. When he rolls up his sleeves, he ain't just putting on the ritz. Our God is an awesome God. Thunder in his footsteps, lightning in his fists. Our God is an awesome God. And the Lord wasn't joking when he kicked him out of Eden. Wasn't for no reason that he shed his blood. His return is very soon. Better be believing that our God, he's an awesome God. Our God, well, he's an awesome God. He reigns heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. When the sky was starless in the void of the night, our God is an awesome God. Into the darkness and created the light, our God is an awesome God. Judgment and wrath He poured out on Sodom, but mercy and grace He gave us at the cross. Hope that we have not too quickly forgotten that our God, He's an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God, He reigns. Heaven above with the wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Our God, He's an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He is an awesome God. And that goes out to Cliff, and I won't tell you Cliff who, but Cliff, you uh, said I don't sing enough on the radio, so I got it out of the way. And uh, and I might, who knows, I might sing again. But I just want to say hello to everybody that's listening tonight so far that's texting me. We've got Bethany listening tonight in uh, Frankfurt, Indiana. Good to have her listening. We've got the Lomans listening from the, the far out uh, boundaries of Belfield, North Dakota. We've got Carl and Jeannie listening in Michigan. Thor and Angela with um, some friends of theirs from Kansas listening tonight. Uh, good to have Lori listening. Good to have um, the... The uh, 
Jake, the Jakes, I guess we could say, listening in Pennsylvania tonight. Pastor Hostetler out there. Good to have all you guys listening tonight. And, um, in fact, I, I'm thinking about just going out to the Jakes. I'm thinking about having one of your brother give, give his testimony here in a couple of weeks, too. He doesn't even know about it. I should ask him first, maybe. We've got... Um, the uh, wow! I got I'm getting all kinds of texts here. You know I should sing more often. It's like everybody wants my autograph. Um, every all kinds of stuff going on. No, no, I, and I might. I've got my guitar in the studio. I I just don't know. I'm a little wound up tonight, so I don't know if I'm going to get. I, I mean, I'm wound up in a good way, but it, I don't know if I'll get to the. Um, I don't know if I'll get to the uh, playing guitar or not tonight. If you are listening tonight. Uh, on the internet or from Dickinson, when you text me, just tell me where you're listening tonight from. That that does help me. Uh, and of course, you that are listening on the internet could be listening on Holy Ghost Radio. This is live broadcast, and uh, they never know what I'm going to say. So at the very end of the broadcast, they say we're not responsible for what Pastor Bob says. Which, after listening to me for a while, you probably understand why they do that. Well, to, tonight I'm going to use an article that I read this week, kind of to start out my. Um, radio broadcast. This article was in the Washington Post, which is a very, very liberal uh, news media uh, outlet. Uh, they, they are very liberal in their concepts. And of course, this program has not ever been about politics, and as far as I'm concerned, never really will be. But there's possibly somebody listening, people listening to me tonight from this because of this article, because I actually wrote in on the blog on this because I was so upset, and I did put my the call letters for the radio station, what time the program is on. And if you are listening tonight because you read about this on the Washington Post, um, please text me that 701-290-7862 number. I would be very interested in that. The, the, the article uh, was written a few days ago, and it was by a guy named Stephen Pimper, who was a, who was a, um, a author and also a professor at the University of New Hampshire. And he wrote an article called this, Laziness Isn't Why People Are Poor, and iPhones Aren't Why They Lack Health Care. Now, I'm not going to read this whole article, and I'm going to try to give a fair synopsis of what the author said. But there is a there is a senator from Utah, and I think his name is pronounced Chavetz. It's C-H-A-F-F-E-T-Z. And he was giving some kind of speech, and in his speech, he alluded to the fact that poor, many poor people are lazy, and he also said if they would stop buying iPhone 7s, they could maybe afford to pay for their own health care. Well, this man wrote this article criticizing that senator, and I think he maybe misunderstood the senator. I, I really do. Uh, I wish the senator could have had equal time, but uh, there were over... Just about 4,000 letters or blogs written about this thing, and I read some of them. I wrote some of them. And um, and really, uh, this is really a huge topic because we understand, I want to just say right up front, I do understand that if you don't buy an iPhone 7, which costs about $750 for the best one, that that doesn't mean you can afford your health care. I understand that. It would take... Uh, it probably would take not buying five or six of those a year to afford health care. I also understand that all poor people are not lazy. I believe that too. There's disabilities that happen to people. There are there are circumstances that happen to people. There are there are divorces that cause um, moms to not be able to get a job. They're home raising the kids 
Uh, they're just as poor as dirt, and, and it has nothing to do with lazy. And so I want to want to say that right away. But I also want to say that that um, working hard and doing your best will always improve your situation no matter who you are. And, of course, this isn't on finances. It's not on politics. I'm just trying to, you know, and you can look up this article if you want to. to laziness isn't why people are poor and iPhones aren't why they lack health care. I disagreed with just about everything this author said. I, I really did. I really do. Uh, he said that America used to be the land of opportunity. It is not anymore. I disagree with that. I've got a whole bunch of people, even in this room right here now, that I would consider successful at what they do. And I don't know if any of you guys went to college. You know, I don't know, Chris, do you go to college? I, I, I would, I, I'm not, I, I just, I, I really uh, have, I, I really struggle with this concept that seems to be everywhere else but in North Dakota that if you don't go to college, you're a loser. Like, I don't believe that. I don't, I've never believed that. I'm not against going to college. I, you know, if you go to college, if I'm your pastor and you say, should I go to college? I'll probably ask you a question. What marketable skill will you have when you get done? That's my question. In other words, don't just go and spend a hundred thousand dollars on college and get out and no basket weaving or something like that. I mean, like, you know, I, I mean, there's gotta be, you know, what did you go to college for? Well, I went to college to learn how to raise ducks. You know, I mean, like, it's gotta be better than that for me. Like, you know, you gotta learn, like, it's gotta be a marketable skill. Hey, I'm a dentist. I'm an eye doctor. Uh, you know, whatever. You know, you're, you're, whatever you went to college for, fine. I'm, I'm all for it. But this concept is in, in this, and I encourage you to read it yourself, see, and see if I'm wrong. But this concept is that that hard work doesn't really get people out of poverty. And I know just way too many people that hard work did get them out of poverty. And let me tell you this. If hard work doesn't get you out of poverty, I, th- I still believe that it's what God desires for us to do our best. Uh, you know, I, tonight as I kind of just kind of ease into the subject, I, I, I want to stay somewhere in the middle of the road here. I don't want you to think that I'm saying that if you work really hard, it's because you did it. Because I don't think God's pleased with that either. I, I don't think, you know, um, I don't think, I think we've all been born with certain skills, certain intelligent levels, uh, intelligence levels. I think some of us have been born with families that have helped us, certainly uh, uh, church uh, connections and a walk with God that I'm going to talk about really a lot tonight. But I also will, will tell you that that uh, even though I believe in all that, like I wasn't born mentally handicapped, so I can't really take credit for anything I've succeeded at in the sense that I was given a good brain, I was given a healthy body, I was given some things. So I know that, and I'm going to give God credit for that. But I was also given the Word of God that told me I've got to work hard. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about that God expects us to do our best. He'll take care of the rest, but he wants us to do our best. uh, Seth's going to play a song. You're tuned into the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Uh, I've got a lot of texts I'm going to read.
Keep doing the walk. Pastor Bob, tell it like it is radio program. Thank you for all the texts so far and more coming in. Um, really, really enjoy that. I really do. Um, the uh, uh, Brother Duran, who's one of the main guys with Holy Ghost Radio, sent me a really neat text about our topic tonight. He said, my mom raised nine of us by herself in Mexico on a second grade education, working hard. She learned the guitar at 53, working hard. See, this is an attitude. This is what God wants us to do. No, we're not going to take credit for everything we've ever done, and and certainly we've all been given things. But this concept that we are in poverty and we can't do anything about it is deeper than than you can imagine. It really is. It it kind of smacks of uh, like whiny, kind of smacks of like complaining that I don't have as much as the Joneses next door. Uh, kind of 
smacks of materialism, uh, seems to talk about materialism in the sense that if you don't have any money, you don't have anything. Like, what about this poor person living in Detroit that doesn't have anything, but they have their family, and they have their life with God, and they have their church, and they have their pastor, and uh, their children are living for God? What about that person? Are they poor? Like, is, is poverty and and riches, is it only have to do with money? Well, I think we've got a president that has a lot of money, but I don't know if he's rich. And here again, I'm, you know, it's a president, I hate to criticize him, but but I just, you know, I don't know what marriage he's on. Is he on his third marriage? I, I don't know, I think so. You, you know what, I mean, like, you might be rich in money, but that doesn't make you rich. And so... If you're just tuning in, I'm talking, I kind of used as a springboard tonight to talk about this article in the Washington Post that says, laziness isn't why people are poor, and iPhones aren't why they lack health care. And it's an article basically saying that that uh, that some people just can't do better for themselves. Well, I'm going to just tell you right up front, I don't believe that. Not only do I believe God gave us the ability to for self-improvement, but I think God will help us if we want him to. And so I'm going to just attack that whole concept today. I believe the Bible is full of the the uh, teaching that we need to work hard. If you want to go anywhere, work hard. You know, if you want to go anywhere with God, work hard. Uh, when you see, somebody said, when you see a man on top of Mount Everest, you know this, he didn't fall there. You know, like he, he, he didn't fall there. I know when you see a turtle on top of a fence post, you know, he had a little help too. I know that. But the, uh, when you see a, but you, you know, I mean, and we all need help. We do. And, and there's no self-made people out there. I mean, I agree. I agree with some of the concepts, but working hard is God's will. There is no room in the kingdom of God for laziness. Romans chapter 12 verses nine through 11 says, let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another. So Paul said, first of all, love everybody, help everybody. And then he goes on to say, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. This uh, this concept, God wants his people to work hard. Working hard, my dad used to tell me this, the harder you work, the luckier you get. And I think about that, I think that's good. You know, in other words, some people say they get all, they got all the luck. But you gotta be in the right spot sometimes to get some of the luck. Like for instance, you're, you, you work here at McDonald's, and you go in every day, and you work 40 hours a week. Now the guy that owns our Dickinson McDonald's is a good man. He really is. And, and I got a feeling you'll even advance there. But let's say you're working hard at McDonald's and some guy three times a week comes in with his suit and tie on. And while you're working hard at McDonald's, one of those days you get to know each other's names, you know a little bit about him, he knows a little bit about you. And one of those days he said, Bob, you know what, what would you think about coming to work for me in my business? I'll train you and I'll pay you twice what you're making here at McDonald's. Is that is that like a far out story? Like is that is that something? Oh, that's impossible, Pastor Bob. That would never. No, but let me tell you this. How did the man at McDonald's get that job? 
the worker at McDonald's. How did he get that job? Because he was already working hard. You see, he was already doing his best to do something. Opportunity, the doors of opportunity are always marked push. (laughs) They always are. You know, in other words, you're not going to get anywhere without hard work. My pastor used to say about people, my pastor's got a very sarcastic sense of humor. And, uh, and, and really, I got used to it, but I remember, um, when, when my daughter, one time we were, we went back to Bismarck just to hear some preaching, and I had my daughter with me, and she was laughing so hard at my pastor, because he's got a very, very funny way of saying things. And he said, uh, one time he said, some people are really comfortable around hard work. They can just curl, curl up and lay down right next to it and go to sleep. Like they're really, really comfortable around it. But you see, the Bible teaches hard work. It teaches it. Like this is God's will for your life, no matter what your situation is. If, if you know, there are terrible situations. There are people, young people that have a stroke and they can't even move. So what would you say to them, Pastor Bob? Work as hard as you can. It, the rest of us are going to try to help you. You know, the rest, like if you're in my family or if you're a member of our church, we're going to try to help you. You know, but we still expect you. I mean, if all you can do is twitch your finger, twitch it. And twitch it a lot. You know, and, and maybe one of these days you'll learn to write with that finger somehow. You know, I'm, I'm not making, I'm not belittling handicaps or disabilities. I'm, t- the, the heroes, I don't have a, I don't have a television and I haven't watched a Hollywood movie for a long time. But all movies, just to, I don't know, maybe they're not like this anymore. But when I used to watch Hollywood movies and television, all movies, all stories, just about all of them had the same plot. You had this person that was disadvantaged. This person, the underdog, is not going to win. He, he's not going to be able to, uh, you know, beat the big crime boss, or he's not going to be able to overcome the odds of the crooked policeman, or whatever this story's about. But in the story, through incredible odds, through incredible handicaps, this guy becomes the hero. I mean, uh, Jasek, you've, you've probably watched TV, you know, more recently than any of us. Isn't that, I mean, isn't that the plot of a lot of stories and movies? And at the end of the movie, everybody's standing up, yeah, good, yeah, woo, you know, you know, but we tell poor people and people without, you can't make it. You're just dumb and you can't do it. You know what? God's telling you, you can do it. Ecclesiastes 9, verse 10. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. He goes on to say that because where you're going, the grave, you're not going to be able to try there. <laughs> That's what he says. You're, you know, there's not going to be any effort there. Ecclesiastes 5.12, he said, The sleep of a laboring man is sweet, whether he eats little or much. But the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. He's got too much work to worry about. I told this to one of my brother-in-laws one time. I was trying to talk to him about materialism. He said, I can't sleep because of all the stuff I don't own yet. He was such a smart aleck. <laughs> he really was. I, I hope he's listening tonight. But So there are many people in this country talking about health care problems, the economy. But I still see the real problem as the lack of desire for doing things productive or noble or good. 
and I still see that there is a strong desire in many, many people, but many times it's the desire to sin. Uh, if you if you look at Proverbs six and eighteen, it's one of the abominations that's listed in these seven abominations. It says, "A heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief." Like, don't be lazy or don't be energetic about doing evil. Be energetic about doing good. You know this this is so important. You know that there is, but I'm going to tell you that laziness will never get you anywhere with God. It will never get you anywhere with anything, but it will never get you anywhere with God. Now, I know there are people that were born rich and, you know, uh, what is, uh, you know, maybe your dad is President Trump. And maybe you're just as lazy as all get out. And you still got all kinds of things. You know, maybe, you know, and maybe that's the example that these people in the Washington Post were looking at. But I'm not talking about that. Because here again, true riches, to, you know, truly, you know, like, Pastor, I'm a rich man. I'm a rich man. Pastor Bob is a rich man. You say, well, what do you judge that on? Well, I've got 18 grandkids. To me, I feel like I'm rich. I mean, like, what amount of dollar amount is worth even one of them? Like, would you give me a million dollars and I'd only have 17 grandkids? Do you think I'd do that deal? <laughs> I mean, maybe their parents would at certain times, but, you know, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that deal. There's no price. I'm a rich man. Okay. I'm a rich man because I've learned the plan of salvation. I'm a rich man. <clears throat> you can have all kinds of money. And if you die and go to hell, what good did that do you? Like if, if could I really say, that, you know, I'm 58 years old, and, and, and in the back of my mind, I still have this weird idea that if I lost everything financially, that I could start over right now. I have this weird idea, because I really, Joe, I really do believe this is land of opportunity. I really do. I, I don't know what I'd do exactly, but I think I could do it. I think, I think, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know if I could, you know, I mean, I, I, it would be a, it would be tough. It really would be tough. But I think I could do it, but maybe I couldn't. Maybe I'd die in poverty, like so many people in this article said. Maybe I would die completely poor. Can't start over at 58. So what? If I'm going to heaven, Jesus said, lay up your treasures not here on this earth, but send them on ahead to heaven. Lay up your treasures in heaven. You see, this is why I reject so much of this. You know what? If you're poor or rich financially, doesn't mean whether you're poor or rich. Because poor or rich has so much to do with your attitude and with, with what you believe true riches are. You know, there, there, America needs a desire to work hard. You know, um, there are some people that get an education thinking they won't have to work. Isn't that weird? Like, they're going to college, you know, I, like, like Seth, now you're a, you're a tradesperson. The man running the controls here is a carpenter. And there are people that feel sorry for you, Seth. They say, I, I feel so sorry for that young man. He's such a nice guy, such a hard worker. It's too bad his parents couldn't have paid for his college. You know, I mean, like your parents, Seth, are just terrible people because they, they didn't sacrifice and pay for your college. 
Now, he's laughing over here. His parents are listening to me on the radio. They're laughing. But you know, do you know what? There's a huge percentage of people in the world that think they would say that. The poor guy, Seth, you're going to have to work all the rest of your life. So do you go to college so you don't have to work? I mean, I, I'm going to tell you this. Go to eight years of college and don't work afterwards and see if you're going to be rich or poor. You're still going to be poor. You know, the, the one of the biggest misconceptions out there is if I go to college, I won't have to work. I'm going to tell you this. If you find something you love to do, you'll never have to work another day in your life. That's true. Like, like, uh, I got, I got two guys in this room that like flying airplanes. Like, I, I don't know how Johnny feels, but if Joe, Joe would probably rather be flying one right now than sitting in this studio. He probably would. Just imagine if you could get paid to do that. Just imagine. You wouldn't be working. You know, somebody said it a long time ago, find something you love to do and you'll never work another day in your life. And I'm like, boy, is that the truth? You know, the, the, um, there, there, there was a guy, uh, I've got a good friend of mine, Brother Pete, in our Bismarck church. And, uh, Pete and Repeat were sitting on the fence. Anyway, one of them fell off, you know, the, um, but, but Pete, he told me that he works with people that went to college thinking they won't have to work anymore. The engineers and people he worked with. You know, there, there, uh, there was a guy that filled out a job application. I'm not making this up. <clears throat> I can't remember who told me this. It didn't happen in my company. But this happened to somebody I know. They He filled out an application, and he left the part out what you want your expected pay to be. And so he went in for the interview. This is the, as close as I can remember the story. The guy went in for the interview, and the boss said, you left out your expected pay blank. He goes, yeah. And so the boss asked him, well, what do you want to be paid? And the guy goes, well, you know, I wasn't sure what to put there. So the boss asked, asked him, he said, well, what are you worth? And the young man said, well, I'm not going to work that cheap. <laughs> I got such a kick out of that. You know, I mean, the guy didn't even realize. He wasn't joking. Like, like in other words, the boss asked him, what are you worth? He goes, well, I'm not going to work that cheap. You know, the, the, uh, you know, we, we need, you need to make yourself invaluable to that company you work for. Just imagine if you were working at McDonald's and that, and that, uh, businessman in the suit came to you and said, Hey, I'll pay you twice as much as you're getting now. Just imagine if you told uh, Mr. Kelly at McDonald's, hey, I got an offer to get. You know what he might say? You know what? You stay here, and I'll make you the manager. You make yourself invaluable. You know, the, the, the uh, so Proverbs 24 and verse 30, and I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying not to turn this into financial things. I'm trying to tell you the word of God says no matter what you do, work as hard as you can. And I know you need to work smart too. Don't, don't text me that. You know, people are like, work smart, Pastor Bob, not harder. Okay. But you still can't get by with not working harder. Proverbs 24, 30 said, I went by the field of the slothful man and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns, nettles, had covered the face thereof. The stone wall thereof was broken down. Then I saw, I considered it well. I looked upon it, and I received instruction. Uh, Solomon said, I went by this broken-down house of this lazy man, and I just sat and looked at it, and it spoke to me volumes. You know, it, it take care of what you got. Get off the couch. You know, delete every 
video game off your computer. You know, I quit, and I'm preaching to myself too. I mean, like I, 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 you know, I'm not saying I don't have a lazy streak. I hope, hope you understand that. But what I'm saying is that laziness will bring us to poverty. Let me read Proverbs twenty six thirteen. The slothful or the lazy man saith, there's a lion in the way. A lion is in the streets. He goes, in other words, he's not going to go to work because he heard it might snow. He heard it, the wind might come up today. There's a lion in the street. You know? He, and then look, look, let me read on. As the door turneth upon his hinges, so doth the slothful man upon his bed. I want to draw a word picture to you. This lazy man is hinged to his bed. So even when he tries to get up, all he does is turn over and lay on the other side. You know, boom, boom. You know, he just turns over and lays on his bed. He's hinged to the bed. And then it goes on. He said, the, the lazy man, the slothful man, hideth his hand in his bosom. It grieveth him to bring it to, again to us. This guy's so lazy, he can't even eat. You know, my dad used to say, I used to eat till I get got full. He said, now I eat till I get tired. <laughs> you know, I mean, the lazy guy's like, man, I can't even lift my arm up again. Somebody help me. Drop those grapes in my mouth. The sluggard is wiser in his own conceit. This lazy person is wiser than is in his own conceit than seven men that can render a reason. A lazy person will tell you why he can't do it. And it makes so much sense to him. And seven wise people can look at him and say, you can do it. And he said, no, you don't understand. You weren't born the way I was. You weren't raised the way I was. You didn't come from the same uh, culture as I came from. You know what? That's a bunch of baloney. That's a bunch of baloney. Because I'm going to stick with the Word of God. I'm going to, I'm going to stick for the, with the Word of God. The Word of God said, if you work, you know what? You, you, you trust in God and you work as hard as you can. That's what we need to do. I'm going to read my text. He's going to play a song. You're listening to the Tell It Like It Is radio show.
Life is just a mystery You can't tell me Jesus is just a man You can't tell me Jesus is only history But the message just keeps Hey everybody, you're listening to the Tell It Like It Is radio show. So glad you're listening. A lot of texts from people all over the place, and I know some of you. Good to have those from Burlington listening tonight. Good to have those from Valley City listening tonight. We've got the Harvey Bunch there listening tonight. We've got we got a Fargo Bunch, West Fargo. Man, I want to just greet my friends, uh, Pastor Miller and his wife. Uh, these are some, these are some really good people, and the Redlands, the Paulsons. Uh, Nikki's got a new apartment, so she's she's. Um, I guess they're maybe having a, kind of an apartment warming party for her, and she's and I get to be part of it. The Tell It Like It Is shows there. I just want to mention that we've got um, the um, we had four ladies baptized at the at the women's prison down in New England yesterday, and so so I think I think uh, uh, Pat Cazeza and his wife Lauren, who head up that ministry. Down there, I think he told me they've baptized 19 here, ladies all together in the last period of time. So I, I'm like that. I think that's what he told me. 19, it might be 17, but that's that's awful exciting. And you apostolics listening out there, you ought to be excited about that. Every time somebody's baptized in the name of Jesus, that's an, an exciting thing. If you're tuning in late, this broadcast, I've got a little burr in my saddle because I there's a these there's a um, uh, article in the Washington Post this week called "Laziness Isn't Why People Are Poor, and iPhones Aren't Why They Lack Healthcare," and you'll have to read it for yourself uh, to to really get to appreciate why it kind of bothered me so bad. Uh, because I think it's an excuse, you know. And here again, you know, I'm you're yeah, you're right. I've been blessed. Um, I I had I had certain advantages in life that many people do not. I know that I'm not disagreeing with that. I don't think anybody, uh, or at least unless you're just a total, I, I don't know. In fact, the people I hang around with, most of them don't say like, "Look what I did." You know, most of us are thanking God 
thanking our parents, uh, thanking, you know, uh, even, you know, did you choose to be born in America? I mean, was that your decision? I mean, wasn't that the best decision you made to be born in America? I mean, boy, good job. Good job, Seth. You chose that. You know, you chose to be born in America. You had all kinds of other places to be born, but you chose here. No, we don't believe that. Of course not. But number one, we've got, I want you to understand, God wants you to do your best. He wants you to put forth an effort. You know, he is not going to do things for us that we're supposed to do ourselves. God's not going to send you a paycheck unless you work. You know, like uh, the the Bible says that, that, uh, that if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. He's talking to Christians here, but he's, he's, he's telling us that God expects us to do our best. He wants us to, to do what we're supposed to. I believe God wants us, if possible, to pay our own way in this life. Now, when I say if possible, I've got to keep saying all this, all these disclaimers because there are times when it's not possible. There are times when it's not. There are physical situations. There are some some people that have been uh, decimated by old age and and or or even made terrible decisions because of drug usage and, and alcoholism. And now they're not able to take care of themselves. I I get it. I understand it. Don't don't text me that stuff saying I don't get it. I get it. But even you, if your brain is half gone because of meth, do your best. Do what you can. You know, God wants to help you, but some of the help God gives. You know, like like you should never, you know, like, like over the years of being a pastor, I've heard some of the dumbest things. You know, I've heard things like this. Yeah, I woke up and I prayed, God, is it your will that I go to work this morning? And I felt like the Lord told me it wasn't, so I stayed home. I'm like, whatever. I mean, what, did an angel come and tell you this? You know, Chris, how many mornings did you wake up and feel the same way? Man, like a lot of, you know, like you look outside, you work outside, the wind's blowing, it's 20 20 below. And you say, you know what, God spoke to me this morning and said, stay in bed. Yeah, amen. Seth's saying amen to that. But you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, do your best. Uh, how many days I work outside, you know, over the period of my life, I've worked outside, you know, just about every day that I work. And and I'm like, how many days did I go out when it was 20 below and hardly paid to go out there? I mean, like, you know, you work, you only got like six hours in between freezing to death and, the, and it getting dark early. You know, you you know, you know, it was, you woke up and it was twenty eight below. So you tell your wife, you know what? I'm going to wait till it warms up to twenty below. So at nine o'clock, it's twenty below. You go to work. You come home at eleven thirty for lunch, like a popsicle stick. I mean, you're frozen. You you take an hour and a half lunch break, you know, or maybe two hours. You go back to work at one thirty. It's dark at four thirty. You made you made seventy five dollars. You know, Seth, have you ever been there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this winter, yeah. We had a terrible winter up here in North Dakota. But you know what? What do you think God's thinking about that? You know what? God, here's what God's thinking about, Seth. You're the man. This is your job. Get get to work. And your wife's thinking exactly the same thing. Get to work. She's getting you out there at 8 o'clock, not 9 Well, you know, I'm not bragging on Seth here, but what I'm trying to say is, is that nobody feels like it when it's hard. But you've got to overcome. You've, you've got to overcome. You know, America, we need to learn to work hard, not only on our job, but it's hard work-loving people. 
that's hard work. Like like uh, last night, you know, we had a granddaughter staying over at her house, and and I ended up playing, I think, two games of Monopoly total. Now now Monopoly is not my favorite game. You know, I hope none of my grandkids are listening, but it's not. I like to play chess. I really like to play chess. If I'm going to play a game, you know, and, and if you live in Dickinson, except for this one guy that, that's way better than me, you know, I'm, I'm not even going to say what his name is. There's a guy at Dickinson that we played chess. He just whooped me. But other, the rest of you, I'll, I'll take care of you guys. But this one guy, and what's his first name? I got it somewhere here. But, but this, but I like playing chess. Monopoly's not, I used to love Monopoly. Okay. So I'd rather have done something else. But, like, I'm a grandpa, you know, I got some grandkids at my house. Grandpa, let's play Monopoly. But I'm telling you, loving is not always what you want to do. You know, loving is not, you know, I'm just glad they didn't want to play Candyland. Now, that that is the d- dumbest game. Candy, that's just about as bad as Sorry. You know, well, Sorry, actually, Candyland's worse than Sorry. Sorry's not so bad. Monopoly's a step ahead of that. Well, what am I saying? If you're going to have a good family, you got to work hard. If you're going to have a, if you're going to have a good family, put the stupid cell phone away, quit looking at your texts and play with your kids. You know, is it intellectually challenging to play with your kids? Probably not. You know, I, you know, I, some of you house moms, housewives, I, I bet you go some of you guys go crazy during the day. You would love to have a meaningful conversation with somebody. You know, instead of like you just hit your brother, that's wrong. You know, like Stop crying. Stop whining. I mean, like, I mean, like, mom's house, you know, like, some of you husbands that say, you know, my wife, she just sits around and eats bonbons, and I go to work all day long, and I'm out struggling in the cold. I'll tell you what. (laughs) I promise you, you would rather do what you're doing than what she's doing. It's work to have a good family. It's work to love people. It's work to love your spouse. We look, we look at, in the book of Genesis, we got a man named Jacob that, I got a bunch of single guys in his studio here. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five. There's five out of the seven of us that are single. You know what? Just be thankful you're not like Jacob. He had to work seven years to marry his wife. And then at the end of the seven years, he got cheated and ended up marrying her sister instead. I mean, like, so he, he got the raw deal out of this. But, but what I'm saying is Jacob knew what it was to work if you love somebody. The Bible said he worked those seven years. And because Rachel was so beautiful, it seemed like to him it was nothing. Now, for me, if she was that beautiful, it would have seemed like forever. <laughs> but, I mean, but, you know, the point is, his point was, like, he knew what he was getting, and he worked seven years for it. Love is work. Changing diapers is work. Taking care of your elderly parents is work. This is the problem with America. We don't want to work. We want to play solitaire on our computer. That's what we want. Well, maybe some of you don't. Every People are into entertainment. They're into games. They're, in, they're into goofing around. You know, God wants us to find things that are, are, are uh, constructive. We all need to make a living for ourselves. If you've got enough, uh, the Bible said, the Bible teaches this, if you work with your own hands, that one of the reasons you need to work with your own hands is to pay your own way, but the Bible also teaches to work with your own hands to help those that can't. That's what the Bible teaches. 
It, it teaches that. I'm sure we're going to have all the homeless people lined up outside the studio when I get done tonight. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's, it's like, um, and, and if you're a homeless guy and you're smoking a cigarette when you show up here, I'll probably ask you, why aren't you using that money to pay for some rent? You know, I mean, but I mean, like I, and I do, I ask people that I, there was one guy, one time he, he called me, I went to see him and his wife. They were both smoking like smokestacks. I went out to, to talk to him. I said, uh, he said, man, pastor, we can't pay our rent. We don't have any food. And so I, I told him, I said, I remember, I'm not going to call his name. I remember his name. You know, it's, this has been a while back. It wouldn't matter, but, but I, I told him, Hey, let's go for a ride. And so we got in my car. He thought I was going to go buy him something. I wasn't going to go buy him something, but I didn't want to embarrass him in front of his wife. So I called him my name. We were driving around. I said, listen, I'm not going to help you, but I'm going to give you some advice. He goes, well, what is it, pastor? I said, next time when you call a pastor to come over to our, your house to help you buy food or, or rent, Put the cigarette can that you've been putting all those butts in and put that away and don't be smoking in front of the pastor. I said, because he's going to think that you could have used some of that money instead to buy food. He, and he thanked me. He said, thanks a lot, man. That's some good advice. So I dropped him back. Like he thanked me. Like he was like, man, you know, I learned something today. If I'm going to, I suppose the next pastor he called, they, they got, got all the cigarette butts and stuff put away. You see, you see what I'm saying? God wants us to help ourselves too. Like, like, you know, if you're a drug addict and you want God to help you, do you think he's going to twist your arm and make you quit using drugs? No. You've got to do what you can do, too. And say, well, I can't help it. I'm addicted. Don't give me that. I know too many people. I know too many people. But the, the beginning of fighting your addiction is you have to have the desire also. Isn't that true? I mean, uh, my pastor used to tell people, Pastor, you know, pray for me so I can quit smoking. He'd say, if you want to quit smoking, stop buying them. That's a good start. Now, that isn't exactly, doesn't work necessarily completely because when I did that when I, years ago, I was always in sports. And so when I was smoking, I was trying to quit smoking the day I start, started smoking. But because I had college scholarships in sports and it was not a good, good mix. But I would smoke butts that I would find. Like I cleaned the student union, and there were butts in the in the bathroom. This I mean, this is despicable. I'd I'd, I'd wash them off, kind of clean the ends of. Them. I'd smoke. So just not buying them doesn't work. But his point was, if you want to quit smoking, make some effort. You know, don't don't just think God's going to do something. You know, like yeah, God made me quit smoking. Well, God can help you quit smoking, but He's not going to make you quit smoking. So we've got to work. If we want to go anywhere in life, we've got to work. If we want to go anywhere financially, we've got to work. If we want to go anywhere relationally, like in other words, if you don't put anything into your marriage, guess what? You're not going to have nothing. You know, like, like, uh, I, I've had people tell me, you know, man, I, you know, a marriage is 50 50. I give 50, she gives 50. That's the way it works. I'm like, no, it doesn't. It's, it's, it's a 100 100. You give 100%. And if he only gives 50, uh, you're still doing what God told you to do. You're still trying. You see, what if we would live, what if we would live this way? Instead of doing something nice to our family because they'll appreciate it, what if we do something nice to our family because God said to? Wouldn't that be better? Like, like you do something for your wife and she doesn't appreciate it. Now all of a sudden you're pouting. You're sleeping on the couch. 
man, you know, I, I brought my wife a new, a new shotgun and she didn't even appreciate it. You know, like, some of you guys are crazy. You know, I, I got a friend in Fargo bought his wife a new pistol. I'm like, whatever. You know, and they, they tried to convince me that it really was for her and I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, I mean, I mean, I, I should buy my wife a, a new diesel pickup. You know, that's what I should buy her. But, but, you know, but, but, so you buy your wife this thing. Or you make this really nice meal for your husband and he says something about it wasn't done just right. Okay, and now you're all mad and this nice meal turns into a big fight. But what if you made that nice meal for your husband because God told you to do it? You say, well, why would God tell me to make a good meal for my husband? I think you ought to listen. I bet he is telling you that. And what if you what if you did something nice for your parents not because you wanted them to give you a raise in your allowance, but what if you did something nice for your parents because the Bible said, children, honor thy father and mother. You see what you see the difference here? Like we want to work hard, not for the, the rewards here. Jesus said, lay up your treasure in heaven. So you husbands out there that that you 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 you've got a physical ailment you you it's too cold it's too windy it's too hot whatever but you go to work and you do your best not for your family anymore but you're doing it cuz God said so i think i think that's what we need to get down to because people do are pretty sloppy sometimes at showing appreciation like as a pastor do i get up and preach because everybody says great sermon pastor simons pastor bob whatever well, I mean, sometimes I got to tell you, I do fall for that. I mean, like it's, you know, okay, thanks, you know. I mean, like if everybody's falling asleep while I'm preaching, it does affect, it does affect me. You know, I'm going to start bringing a BB gun to church or something. Just start picking you guys off, you know. And hopefully I don't hit you. you got to wear goggles in church so I don't poke your eye out. But, you know, I, I bet I could get sued for that. But you, But you know what? Like why as a pastor am I doing what I do? Is it for God? Or is it for the accolade, for the applause of men? What about doing things for the applause of heaven? See, America, all, our hard work needs to be rooted in God. I'm doing this because God says so. You know, America, you need to seek after God with all your heart. Jesus said, Second Chronicles says, all over the Bible it's alluded to, that you'll find God if you seek for him with all of your heart. Jesus said on, in Luke 11, And I say unto you, ask, it shall be given you. Seek, you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. That sounds like work to me. You know, uh, this Second Chronicles 15, the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded. He went out to meet Asa. He said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while ye be with him. And if ye seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Seth, why don't you give us some information on how to get a hold of us during the week? This is the Tell It Like It Is radio show. All right. Well, this is the Tell It Like It Is radio broadcast. We're on every Sunday night from 8.06 to 9.06 Mountain Time right here in Dickinson, North Dakota. We are from the New Life 
Pentecostal Church, 105 7th Avenue West. Again, that's Dickinson, North Dakota, the New Life Pentecostal Church, 105 7th Avenue West. Church phone number is 701-264-7862, or you can email us at robertsimons58 at gmail.com. Our next service is going to be Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m. If you need a ride, like I said, give us a call at the church, 701-264-7862. Sunday mornings, uh, 10 o'clock, there's Sunday school. We have adult and children's Sunday schools uh, on Sunday mornings. 11 o'clock on Sunday morning is our worship service. You are invited. If, like, if you need a ride, 701-264-7862. Uh, if you want to get involved with the program tonight, give us a call, 701-225-5133, with any questions or comments you may have. Or you can text those same questions or comments to 701-290-7862. And if you're out of country, you can email us at robertsimons58 at gmail.com. And you know what? I went through this whole program and I didn't even check my email. So I'll do that. If you're listening tonight out of the country, I'll, I will email you back even if I didn't recognize you. I got some weird comments about that diesel pickup thing. Uh, I got one man texting me. He said, I think my wife does need a new diesel pickup, he said. And uh, somebody else said, why don't you buy two of them? You can, all the money you could save on that gas. Those are from the Smart Alex up in Harvey. And then we've got people in Beulah listening. And um, the, hey, we've got brother and sister Gubrud listening out in that Valley City area, too. Good to have them listening tonight. And um, tell it like it is radio show. I'm honored that you'd listen. And uh, I'm just going to end our show with this little chorus that we sing a lot of times in church and even at the jail, too. Oh, God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. Oh, God, you are my God. I will ever praise you I will seek you in the morning And I will learn to walk in your ways And step by step you'll lead me And I will follow you all of my days Oh God, you are my God I will ever praise you Oh God, you are my God I will ever praise you I will seek you in the morning And I will learn to walk in your ways And step by step you'll lead me And I will follow you all of my days That song's taken right out of the Bible and it sounds like work to me. Lord Jesus, help us today as we close this broadcast. Lord, maybe for those that are poor, God, financially poor, spiritually poor relationally god help us to realize that your desire is for us not only to call upon you and to look for you for our help but also to do all that we can ourselves we just pray that you help us in the name of jesus jesus name lord willing we'll be back next sunday night for another tell it like it is radio show god bless and thank you for all the texts and and, and call emails tonight good night you are my lord.
Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.